Good morning to you. What a beautiful sunny morning. Praise God for that today. I have some uh, good news for you. Yesterday, uh, we invited another brother into the family of God after our Dudes in Doctrine uh, morning. I taught on the theology prayer. Yeah, praise God. Um, a guy was there, um, was, came because he was searching, trying to uh, learn more about God. Long story short, realized after talking to him that uh, he was in search of Christ. He, he needed Jesus. And, and it, most of you know, if you spend enough time with people and look into their eyes, you can soon see that there's a void or an emptiness that's there. And by God's grace through the years, I've sat with people and stood with people. And I even told Ann yesterday, I knew he was going to get saved. I've seen that look a thousand times in my life. And and so I just expressed to him the goodness of God, and um, he was asking about a Bible, and uh, long story short, he prayed to receive Christ uh, in the sound booth in the high school auditorium after Dudes in Doctrine, and all that to say this, it was backed because there were people in his life that had been praying for him, a father-in-law that had been praying for him, a mother-in-law, a, a, a friend, and the culmination of those prayers came to that moment at about 8.15 yesterday morning, his life was radically changed forever because of the power of our God, and we celebrate that. Yeah. Prayer acknowledges our dependence on God. When you and I look back over the last two years, in, in my case, the last 55 years of my life, Many of us have seen amazing moves of God. We've seen God come through because of his power. And more so over the past two years, there was this greater dependence on God that I observed. Even I would say even more so than 911 during that time. Where people were clinging and dependent and begging and asking and searching and holding and, and needing. And even here at Grace... We had online prayer encounters uh, video that Ann and I drove to church for five weeks. We had the highest attendance ever in prayer encounter on Wednesday night. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you came and joined in because you felt this dependence upon God and you wanted to gather together as the body of Christ. And I saw more people praying and asking requests. And, and, and then what happens when... Something is answered, or we can become more self-sufficient. You see this waning away, and you see this drifting away. Instead of being more dependent on God, we feel like we can be self-sufficient. Yet the truth is, we, we need God every second of every hour of every, you know, I would say, every minute of every day of our lives. And prayer is the X factor in our lives. It's not, we need you now, we don't need you now, we needed you then, we don't need you as much now because things are good. Prayer is our connection to God. As a college student, I was driving home from Grace College in Winona Lake, Indiana. We had basketball practice, and Coach Kessler said that we could leave for the weekend. And I was a freshman at Grace College, and, and uh, to hear that I could take a weekend off, um, I pout, had, this was my first time away from home. I grabbed all my dirty clothes and figured mom could wash them. And uh, uh, hey, praise God for moms. And uh, piled them up in my Mazda RX-7. And I was headed home to Maryland on a Friday night after basketball practice. 
And I was tired. It had been a full couple weeks of, of school. I was learning how to study. I had to go to the library as an older student and spend time there and studying. I was trying to make the basketball team, and I was giving everything I had. I was away from family, didn't know hardly anybody. And so I was worn out. And on my way home, I'm driving home, and I was on the turnpike in Pennsylvania, and I dozed off. And as I dozed off on the turnpike, traveling probably pretty quickly, I dozed off. I, I felt this abrupt shake to my body. And I woke up, and when I woke up, I was running off the road in the story. It would have been a horrible ending to the car and potentially me. But something grabbed a hold of me and threw me back on the road. And I got back on the road, wound down both windows and was fully alert the rest of the way home. And I dozed off and looked at my clock. It was 2-something, two 2.15, two 2.13, remembering because I was shook. I was awake. And so I went home and slept for a few hours and got up that morning um, and came down to the uh, breakfast table. And my mom was there. And she looked at me. She said, Jimmy, what were you doing last night at 2.13 a.m.? And I said, Mom, I was running off the road. She said, Jimmy, you won't believe this. I woke up, was awoken by God, stood up, looked at the LED clock in the bedroom, and the Spirit of God prompted me and said, pray for Jimmy. And she said, immediately, I felt the urge, the prompting to pray for you. I tell you all this to say this. Even the Spirit of God, even the Spirit of God is aware that we need to go to the Father through prayer to get help. And so the Spirit himself prompted my mom to do what? To pray because he knows that in order for power to come down from above, it must come from the Father. And so the Spirit prompted my mom to pray. And when she prayed, this resource from heaven came, shook me and woke me up on the road. If... The Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is fully aware that prayer is needed and that prayer is the hinge pin, is the, is, is, is the X factor to us getting to God the Father, then why wouldn't we do the same? Prayer is the X factor in our lives. It's where power comes from. I want you to grab your Bibles and I want you to turn to Luke chapter 11. And we're going to read verses 1 to 13. Luke chapter 11. I'm going to ask you to stand as we read it. Luke chapter 11 verses 1 through 13. And let's just see what's unpacking here regarding prayer. Would you read it with me? Luke 11 verses 1 through 13. Ready, read. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three, three loaves of bread. 
A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who also asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You may have a seat. I want you to put the context together here because I think it's important. Sometimes we lose sight of this. We are familiar with the disciples' prayer or the Lord's prayer. But the context from which that came from is this. The disciples saw Jesus' prayer life as key to his strength and power. And the reason that Jesus gave this prayer, this model of prayer, is because the disciples saw something in Jesus that he had that they didn't have, and they recognized it was because he was a praying man. Think about that for a moment. It says in verse 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And it says, when he what? What's your Bible say? Finished. It's as if they were waiting for him. He was praying again, and as he's praying, some of them say, wait, just wait. Wait till he's done. Wait till he's finished. And when he was finished, they asked him, can you teach us to pray, Jesus, just like John taught his disciples to pray? They had witnessed some incredible feats of Jesus, miracles up to this point. They had walked with him. They were learning more about him. They had left their families. But over and over again, they had witnessed Jesus praying, and finally they came to this answer. His strength must be in his prayers. They must have seen something about their lives that was neglectful or even less than Jesus. So they said, in order for us to do what he does, in order to us have the power that he has and the strength that he has, it must be his prayer life. And so they said, wait, well, wait, wait till he's finished praying. Jesus, can you teach us to pray? Maybe some even wondered, why does he pray? Pause and ask yourself this question today. Why would Jesus need to pray? And if Jesus prayed to his father, then why wouldn't we do so? Why is it so hard to gather people to pray? Why is it that we can find excuse after excuse after excuse and fill our schedule and schedule with so many other good things, but we don't prioritize gathering and praying? When Jesus himself found his power and strength in prayer. I want you to read a verse that would, I would say affirms this. Turn to Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7 and keep your hand here in Luke 11. But this verse is so incredibly powerful and insightful about Jesus himself. And please turn to Hebrews 5 and I want you to look at verse 7. 
And just follow along with me as I read this. Hebrews 5, verse 7. During the days of whom? What's your Bible say? Jesus' life on what? Okay. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up what? Prayers and what? Petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from what? Death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Just, I'll read it straight through. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Even Jesus knew where his power would come from, from his father who could save him from death. Hebrews author says, even Jesus prayed and cried out. I have to believe that this question from the disciples or this reason they were asking him to teach is because they had heard these cries. They have observed him over and over and over crying out and finally said, I know where his power comes from. It's through his prayer life connected to his father God. And they wanted the same power and strength that Jesus had. So they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Just like John taught his disciples. Do you realize that Christianity is the only religion that addresses their God as Father? No other religion. Christianity is the only religion that addresses God as Father. Do you realize that the name Father, if you were to break that down into the original language, carries the, the, the connotation of Daddy or Abba? If you've ever prayed with Dave Kendi, I think he grabs this better than any person I've ever met. And when he prays, he says, Papa. And Poppy. Poppy. It's this endearing term. And so this name Father isn't this distant relationship. It's this intimate dad who wants to be with you. When a child sees their dad and calls out his name, he says, Daddy. I still love even the text that I'll get from our children, Josh, Hannah, and Isaiah, even as adult children, they're 30, 28, and 23. And when I get a text from our children, and it says at the end, I love you, Daddy. I'm done. I'll just take my wallet and hand it to him. There you go. There's something endearing about that. And think about this for a second. It's the same way for our God the Father. Maybe just our prayer life should be, good morning, God, Father, Abba, Poppy, I love you. Like when you hear that from your children, doesn't that just make your day? And so there's this incredible intimate relationship. And so these disciples had seen something in Jesus that they were lacking and they wanted. And it was their prayer life. You see, God is not some distant, abstract being, but a personal God who longs to be in relationship with us. Jesus opens this Lord's Prayer with Father who art in heaven. And so what's he do? He, he then quotes, we understand now, as the Lord's Prayer. And some of us have memorized it, and some of us have taken both, both accounts and both gospels and kind of mixed them together. And, 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 
But it begins with the purpose. What's the purpose of this prayer? If you look again, look how he says, Jesus says, when you pray, say, follow, Father, hallowed be your name. You know what that means? It means when you pray, prayer brings glory to God. And so when you pray and you exalt his name, it elevates God. It keeps him in the right position and see, and we elevate who he is. Prayer brings glory to God. Prayer acknowledges our dependence on God. And look at the list. It's in verse 3 and 4. Here, here he teaches, okay, when you pray, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. And so the prayer is, help me, help me, help me, help me. And there's only one person who can do that. It's God, the Father. Feed me, forgive me, keep me out of trouble. Like, that's a good prayer, isn't it? When we don't pray, we are trusting in our own sufficiency. Jesus is telling them and he's talking And when he's talking, we should listen. The secret is out. The power and his strength, it's out. They're finally finding out what it is. The power and strength that Jesus exuded came from above. Jesus' last words on earth on the cross were a prayer to his father. And his final words, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. As long as we are in constant communication with our Father, we will have strength and power to press on in anything. You see, prayer is for God's glory. And hear me out. Listen, listen. here's the other part of it. And for our benefit. Like, that's good stuff right there. Prayer is, hallowed be your name. Help us, help us, help us, help us, help us. Our benefit and his glory. And so every time you and I Cry out to him and ask him, help, 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 help. He gets the glory and we benefit from his help. Why wouldn't we pray? Just this week as I was prepping for this message and um, and, and yesterday we talked about the theology of prayer. And so even with our men, we talked different aside from today's message, even on the power of prayer. And it was it was a beautiful time. There were tears in the room, and there was an intimacy. There was a presence of God that overcame that room, and I believe that's why this brother came to Christ. And, but in any case, this week, I, I was going through my to-do list after being off the previous week on vacation, and I wanted to follow up on phone calls and messages and get back. And so, I, and so when messages come, I write them down. I'm a to-do list kind of guy, and so every day I'll, I'll uh, write down a to-do list, and then I'll check it off. That's just kind of how I operate. I, I function better that way. But I remembered I received a message, and so I, I need to call this person back because she was pretty distraught, and I, I wanted. And she was talking about witchcraft, and I wanted to help her, and, and I couldn't find her number. I had neglected to, to write it down on my to-do list, and so I went through all my notes. I even went, opened the trash up and pulled out all the papers, like, I want to call her back. I want to be a good shepherd and care for her. And, and so I just stopped at my desk, and I just prayed, God, help me. I want to help this lady. Help me, God, please. 27 seconds later, Marky walks down the hall. <laughs> she knocks on the door, and she comes in. She says, hey, Jim, there's a lady on the line, and she said she called you last week, and I said, I know exactly what it is. <laughs> it was the lady. God answered that prayer in 27 seconds. 
And by his grace, I was able to walk her through that. If we follow the ways of Jesus, live like he lived, love like he loved, act like he acted, pray like he prayed, all the resources of heaven will come down and make a way for us on earth. That's good, isn't it? That's what Jesus is saying. Seriously, in his explanation to his disciples, he said, your kingdom come down. Do you realize what that means to you and me today? Think about this for a second. That's heaven down on earth. And the last time I checked, there's nothing but victory, triumph, hope, and unconquerable power of living coming from above. And when we pray, your kingdom come, that's what comes down. Why wouldn't we ask for help? Prayer takes us off life support. Why in the world would we not ask for help as children of God? Jesus answered the disciples' question and showed them how and why they should pray. Do you realize that a prayerless life robs God of glory? Think about that for a moment. If we neglect to pray, then we rob God of these opportunities to reveal his power on earth. We rob him of the chance that he has to say, I can take care of that. If we run on our own sufficiency and our own power and we go for seasons, well, I don't need you. I got a good job now and the bills are paid and my relationship is good and the kids are doing fine and the grandkids, well, they're, they're fantastic and, and I'm retired now and I got a place on the beach. I, I, I don't need you now. Every time we let that thought entertain our minds and we don't have a daily communion with God for everything, we rob him of glory. Remember, prayer is for his glory and for our benefit. Isn't that what Jeremiah tried to tell us in Jeremiah 33? Call unto me and I will show thee great and unsearchable things which thou do not know. His storehouse of things are beyond anything we can imagine. When a prayer gets answered, it lets God show off his power. When we live without asking Abba Father for help and rely on our own power, we miss out on God's best for us. More than ever, the world is looking for a way out of their hopelessness. I wonder if people would come to us and say, man, I've been watching your life, and all you ever do is pray. <laughs> and not only do you pray, but there's this vibrancy to your faith. There's this joy in your life. There's this faith that I haven't seen in many people, and I'm curious, like, what's the secret? And you know what the secret is? It's God the Father. And you know how we get to the secret? We talk to him. And when you spend time with God, you cannot not look like God. When's the last time someone's walked up to you and said, man, there's a vibrancy to your faith there's a, there's a power in your walk. There's something about you that's different. There's just this infectious joy in your life. There's just, what is your secret? And you say, it's not me. <laughs> it's him. And the way it's him, I spend time with my daddy and talk to him. And I ask him for help. And when I ask him for help, he sends heaven down on earth. 
Oh, church, if we've lost anything, may we never lose the fact that we're still people who need to be dependent upon God. My mission on earth is to elevate God in such a way that the world longs to have what he offers. Listen, we need people on earth, Christ followers, who are spirit-filled Christ followers that stand out, not for their benefit and not for their attention, but reflect God so that people want what they have, which is Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. That's why the disciples ask, his strength must be in the, the way he prays. So Jesus, teach us how to pray like you pray. I wonder when we get to heaven if God will give us a set of keys. And he says, hey, walk down the halls and you look on your key and it's room 36. And, and so you take this key and you stick it in the lock and you turn the lock and you open up this door and there's a sign on the back wall that says, all these things were yours but you never ask for them. I believe God has resources that are available to us, and we keep walking in our own strength and our own power, and we think we can do it on our own. And listen to me. He just wants you to ask him for help, and he has power that's beyond this earth and supplies. And when we talk to God, stuff comes out of heaven that you'll never find on earth. We were talking to a waitress at Lux, my wife and I, and she came to the table, and so we often ask, can we pray for you? And most people, rarely do we get rejected from someone asking us to pray for them. And this lady said, you know, we, she said that her car had broken down and she needs a car for a job. And, and so we said, we'll pray. And she, while she stood there, I don't even remember her name, we just paused and we prayed and we said, God, we kept it simple. Didn't want to keep it long. Didn't want her to have cut in on her shift. And by the way, don't do that if you're praying. Don't keep linger. Just keep it short and sweet. And we just prayed, God, just give her a car and let her see that you're real. In Jesus' name, amen. I had forgotten about this prayer request and my wife had forgotten too. And a few weeks later, we went back to Lux and there's this girl and she came walking over to a table and she remembered us and and I had forgotten about praying for her because we pray for so many people. And she came over and she said, guess what? I said, what, what? She said, do you remember the time you prayed for a car? And to be quite frank, I hadn't remembered. <laughs> and I said, well, remind me. She said, well, you were here and you asked for prayer and, we, and, we, and, and you prayed. She said, you won't believe it. I said, well, tell me. I got three cars. <laughs> For his glory and for our benefit. So then Jesus says, let me tell you the story. Like, that's the Lord's Prayer. And so he tells a story about a friend who comes to another friend's house, and we just read it. Comes to me at midnight, knocks on his door, and said, hey, I got a friend that came to my house, and I don't have any bonnie bread in my house, and I know you do. And he's hungry, and I know that if I come to your house because you got it, that you'll supply it. And so he goes to the house, and what, what happens? The text says when he knocks on the door, it's midnight. And by the way, during this time culture, they went to bed at 7 o'clock. It got dark at 6. And so 
By 12 o'clock, man, you're into your second dream. You know what I mean? It's like, it's deep sleep. He's ticked that his, his friend's bugging him. And so he comes, and he doesn't want anything to do with his friend. Like, quit bothering me. And so what's the friend do? He keeps knocking. Why? Because he knew his friend had food. And he knew his friend could help him. And the text says he kept knocking, he kept asking, and he kept seeking. So finally, the friend does what? He wakes up and takes care of his friend. Jesus tells that story after the Lord's Prayer. Why? Because they were still there. He's teaching them how to pray. He says, now when you pray, let me, give you, let me show you what prayer does. This is how you pray, and this is what prayer does. And not only what it does, this is how you should apply it to your life. Like, don't just pray, our Father in heaven, I can't come, that will be done, or to be forgiven, and be done. No. Stay at it. It's just this pattern of consistency on this issue in your life. You see, the incessant, incessant pounding on the door of heaven declares our confidence in God. Why did this friend keep knocking? Because what? He knew his friend could help him. He probably had peeked into his pantry. He's got resources that I don't have. He's a good friend. And so he said, I know if I keep knocking that my friend has what it takes. And Jesus said, so he kept knocking. A couple of things that jump out in regards to this parable that Jesus told. He shows a man asking on the behalf of another friend. That's called intercession. The friend somehow knew he could help him. That's why he went at midnight. The owner of the house needed some extra nudging to help his friend, didn't he? Like, I don't want to get out of bed. I'm tired. Like, come back in the morning. He needed a little more nudging, more knocking, more probing, more asking. You know what else I notice in this text? When you don't get what you want the first time, you keep asking. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. I wonder sometimes if we don't get what we're asking, it's because God has a greater plan. We talked a lot about this yesterday. But maybe the delay in your answer is because God has something greater in store and it would take longer to happen. Maybe he wants to do work in your heart, and by delaying, you are being refined by being more dependent on him. And maybe it's because he just enjoys these conversations that you're now having that he hasn't had in a while. So he holds off on that just because it's good to talk to his children. You and I could be one defining prayer away from a totally different life. Do you realize that Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you received it and it will be yours. Do you realize that James five sixteen says, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Do you realize that 1 John three twenty one says, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Do you realize that 1 John 5, 5 says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. 
Do you realize that James 1.6 says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Do you believe that? That's the word of God. That's not Jim Brown just paraphrasing. All of God's gifts are based on faith and not unbelief. How many times have you gone to God in prayer thinking, well, this never happened. Here I am, God. Lord. I know you can't do this. this is like no. Our God can do anything. Pray about everything. Why? Because our God can do anything. He gets the food because of his shameless audacity, the text says. Persistence was the key, and hear me out, is still the key in prayer. Persistence. I want you to quickly just turn over to Luke chapter 18 and just act. Luke says this in verse 18. He, tried, he gives us this quick parable, and look what he says in Luke 18. He says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should pray, that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time, the judge, he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. It's this picture of persistence, by the way. It's this judge saying, oh, for Pete's sake, she's back again. Can you imagine? He, he, right next, and they're sitting there, and, and, and there she is again. He's like, come on, you again? And because of her persistence, he said, lady, I've heard it enough from you. You, you'll just, you won't stop, will you, until I get you what? You, no, sir, I won't. Then, here, take it. And then he says, wouldn't a good father who loves us, not a judge who doesn't even love God or could care less about people, and he would do that? Wouldn't a God who loves us do far more if we remain persistent? You know, when you study the parables, and I have, in fact, 15 times in the Gospels is a record of Jesus praying. Nine times they're in the book of Luke. And so when you study the Gospels and you study Jesus' prayer life, when you study parables about prayer, they all show adults acting like children. <laughs> and what do children do? Mom, 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 dad, dad, help me, help me, help me. Mom, mom, mom. It's just Jesus has these parables of adults keep asking and asking and asking and asking. The ask, seek, knock shows us increase in intensity too. In this parable, Jesus promises if we ask, we will not be sent away empty-handed. Prayer is surrender to the will of God. It's not our will be done, but his will be done. I think way too many Christ fathers don't fully understand our God as Father. You see, when you begin to understand that he's your father, he's your Abba Daddy, he's your poppy, he's, he's your daddy, 
and that he loves you? You see, I understand because for some, that hasn't been your experience. You didn't have an Abba Father. You didn't have a dad who loved you. And and so it's hard for you to connect. But hear me out. You do now. And he's God the Father. And everything that you didn't have growing up, it's far better now because you have a relationship in Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, you get to God. The whole writing began. Why did it begin? Why did this talk and prayer begin? Because the disciples were intrigued by Jesus praying and realized that his power and strength was attached to his prayer life. Remember verse 1? One day Jesus was praying. And when he was finished, one of the disciples asked him, teach us to pray. It's this incessant desire to pray. I read this story this week. It's this picture It says, a dad sat down in his easy chair, and it was quiet for about five minutes before he heard, Daddy, can I have a drink of water? He said, no, son, be quiet and go to sleep. It was quiet for a couple minutes before, louder than before, he heard, Daddy, can I have a drink of water? Son, I said to be quiet and go to sleep. There was silence again, but it didn't last long. Daddy, please, can I have a drink of water? The dad dad could see that he wasn't getting anywhere, so he said, Son, if I hear one more sound out of that room, I'm going to spank you. You could have heard a pen drop, the story tells. The silence was thick for about one minute, and then he heard, Daddy, when you come in here to spank me, would you bring me a drink of water? (laughs) That's funny. Now the dad knew that he was really thirsty. (laughs) You see, Jesus said, if a son asked for a fish or snake or fish, would he, dad, give him a snake? If he asked for an egg, would he give him a scorpion? What father would give them something that is harmful? Dad, I'm hungry. Give me a bowl of bread. And you know what our father got to do? He will provide. Why? Because he's a good father, isn't he? And we are his precious kids. And don't believe the lies of the enemy. He loves you unconditionally. And we can call out to him at any time. Keep knocking. God is moved by our shameless audacity to keep asking. Necessity drives us to continue to ask him for help. You see, us plus God is a majority. I wish we really believed that because no skill, no gift or technique in any area of your life is sufficient for us to lean our own weight on and fully trust to get us through. Only God can get us through. Do you remember when he turned the water into wine in John chapter 2 and, and, and it's his first miracle and, 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 and his mother was there? And do you think about what took place. How did that miracle take place? First, think about this. Jesus was invited to the wedding at Cana of Galilee. He needs to be invited into your life. Secondly, the mother saw the problem, and she she said, there's a problem. And so she went to Jesus and said, we ran out of wine. We got to tell God the problem. Thirdly, she says, do whatever he says. 
We need to walk in obedience. So how did it happen? Jesus needs to be invited into our lives. We need to tell him the problem. We don't have this. We're, we're out of wine. Thirdly, we need to be obedient and do what he says. Can you imagine? Maybe you haven't thought about this. But what did Jesus say? He said, take all those wine jars and put water in them. There had to be a Jim Brown there like, why do we want to put water? We want wine. Seriously, like, did, didn't anyone say, he said what? Did he say put water in it? We want wine, Jesus, not water. Blah. You know what they did? They did exactly what he said to do, even though it might not have made sense to men. You do what God says and not listen to what man says. And what happened? By the way, did you realize what else happened in that? Not only did they get the wine, it says it was the best wine they had all day. God gives good gifts. The Bible is full of truths. We don't get to pick and choose what we like, what the Bible says. And hear me out. Listen to me. This is, this, is, this is Shepherd Jim talking to people that he loves very dearly, you. This is Daddy Jim talking to his kids in Cambodia and Thailand. This is Father Jim talking to Josh Hannah and Isaiah. This is me talking. Listen, the Bible is full of truths. We don't get to pick and choose the ones we want to obey. Amen. And it's full of all kinds of truths. And some of the truths we don't like. Just take God at his word and obey him and not what man says to do. Do it regardless of how you feel. Too often we let our emotions control our obedience. We find ways to elevate our situations and hardships over truth. But God, I'm going through this. I know you'll understand. This is how I feel. I know this is what the Bible says. But it's impossible for me to feel that way. So there's no way that I could ever do that right now. Listen to me. Do what the Bible says to do. Even in this case, Jesus said to pray and keep asking, seeking and knocking. And seeking and knocking is a series, not just a one-time action. Do you know what our Bible says and your Bible says? Here's some truths that God says. Listen, it doesn't say but if, and it doesn't say in addition to. This is what God's will is for us. Pray without ceasing. Not, well, I don't feel like praying. No, pray without ceasing. The Bible says do everything without complaining. But God, you don't understand. You don't know what they did to me. This is how I feel. Truth over feelings. The Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. Do not be anxious about anything. But you don't know, Pastor Jim. Listen to me. Truth over feelings. The Bible says, consider it pure joy, my friends, when you face trials of many kinds. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, his divine power has been given us everything we need for a godly life. The Bible says, do not love the world or anything in the world. The Bible says, go and make disciples. But God, I don't have time this week. I got to take, go and make disciples. The Bible says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Bible says that. That's truth, not feelings. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah 8.10. I wonder how many spirit-filled Christians are truly living to the redeemed potential. And maybe, and maybe, and maybe, and maybe. 
It's because they keep elevating their problems over the problem solver. And maybe it's because they're walking in their own strength instead of the power of Father God's strength. And maybe, maybe it's because they're wanting the applause of man instead of boasting in the Lord. Maybe we walk below our redemptive potential because we're not walking in the spirit. We're walking in the flesh in our own strength. When we have access to heaven coming down in our lives, any spirit-filled believer, any spirit-filled believer has a vivaciousness to their life. Why? Because they have tapped into the power and strength of God the Father, and they're not walking in their own strength. That's what Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer. That's what Jesus said. And he says, and if it hasn't come, keep asking, keep knocking, and keep seeking. As long as we keep God in it, the story is never finished. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if we're not like Oswald Chambers. Many of us have read his utmost for his highest book that he has collected, and he has so many things about prayer, but maybe you don't know his story. Oswald Chambers was a philosophy tutor at Doonan College in England. He was a genuine Christian. There is no question about it. Listen to this. His faith in Christ as his Savior was sincere and unshakable. But as he lived on as a Christian, there came to him a very deep conviction Though he knew he was a Christian, he also knew that he was appallingly dull, often defeated, sadly disillusioned Christian. This despair and defeat went on until it came to a climax. The climax came at a time of a visit to the college by Dr. F.B. Meyer, who was a prophet, Grace Seminary. Mightily use of God in the proclaiming of the spirit-filled life. During Dr. Meyer's visit, preaching as he did upon the Holy Spirit, there was an awakening in Oswald Chambers' heart, a realization that his life, though he was a Christian, was very defeated. He records in these words, these were his words, if this is all there is to Christianity, and if I have got all there is, then... The things of fraud. He became very hungry after something more of God. So he asked the Holy Spirit to empower him in a powerful way. The story says there was a brief but fierce battle in his thinking. And at last he simply responded to the verse and said, Lord, all right, I ask you now to empower me with the Holy Spirit. I receive his power. The story says that Oswald Chambers said, there came to him like a flash the sudden realization that what he was asking was that God would give him a sense of power so that he could hold it in his hand, as it were, and say, look, this is what I got by laying my all on the altar. And he says, I simply came to realize that God intended me, having asked him to simply take it by faith and that that power would be there. I might see it only by a backward look, but I was to reckon on the fact that God would be with me to do. Five years later, he recorded the results in his journal. 
If the previous four years of my life had been nothing but hell on earth, the last five had been heaven on earth. Every aching abyss of my heart has been filled with the overflowing love of God. Love is the beginning, the middle, and the end. The story says what happened was that he gave over the willing consent of his life to the Holy Spirit to direct his activities. He prayed and accepted and did the word of God as sufficient proof that it would all happen just like God said it would. And as Samuel Shoemaker would say, he stepped out of the marginal realms of the spirit-filled life, flowing in the stream of the Holy Spirit. We should be the most vibrant, vivacious, spirit-filled human beings on planet Earth. Why? Because we have power that comes through God the Father. It's time that we... Obey the word, not just, well, God, this is how I feel. Listen to me. Truth over feelings will produce a life that people will say, what up? I think they got their answer when they asked Jesus, didn't they? I have said this a thousand times, and I'll say it again. I would love to see Wednesday night look like this, a prayer encounter. I would love to see it. Why? Because there's power when God's body gathers together and prays together. I want to ask you to do something. Grab these goals that came to you when you walked in and and just, just quickly grab them and stand with me for a second. I want you to do something today, tomorrow. Would you commit to doing this? I'm going to ask you if you will, then I'm going to show by hand. I want you to adopt three of these goals, three of them. And I want you, husband, adopt three, wife, adopt three. I want you to put them on your refrigerator somewhere in front of you that, that you would daily pray over these. Because I believe if we ask God through Jesus, the mediator, to do this, that this can happen. So I'm going to ask you. Are you willing to adopt three? You willing to adopt three? Can I I see your hand, please? So, Father God, I pray for these goals for 2022. These aren't here for us. God, they're here to bring glory to you. We benefit from, from what you will do, and we need you. And I pray, God, that you would do a mighty work through these goals. I pray you do a mighty work through us so we can accomplish these goals and And God, we know that the story's not finished as long as you're in it. God, make us a praying church. Let us do life with our people, not just a Sunday morning experience. May we be known, like Jesus said and taught his disciples, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Please, God, move in a powerful way over these goals and move in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.